This type of behavior has been exhibited before, but they were first installed in 1978. This was after Watergate and Congress had put in inspector generals in a dozen federal agencies and departments. In 1978, Jimmy Carter was president and he was perfectly fine with this. He even then promised them, quote, significant independence, end quote. Inspector generals are appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. However, they can be fired by the president, but not by the heads of the agencies they're assigned to investigate. So that might make sense for why Secretary of State Mike Pompeo asked President Trump to fire the inspector general at the State Department. The Atlantic writes in their piece, quote, The Secretary of State told the paper that Lennox, quote, wasn't performing a function in a way that had tried that they had tried to get him to and was trying to undermine what it was that we are trying to do. End quote. Nevertheless, this whole firing has raised questions. First, because the president is supposed to notify Congress 30 days prior to the firing. But the president wrote the letter to Congress on the same day he fired Steve Linick. Secondly, we don't know if the president is deliberately pretending or just lying about not knowing who Steve Linick is. It is, however, ambiguous of what Steve Linick was investigating, whether if it was Pompeo inquiring diplomatic security agents to pick up Chinese food, dry cleaning, and do other errands for the Secretary of State, or the arms sales to Saudi Arabia. When the president did this, Republican Senator Susan Collins, who authored the Need to Inform requirement, and Chuck Grassley, who leads the Whistleblower Protection Caucus, both stated that the president's explanation of this firing was insufficient. Earlier, I talked about the president either pretending to not know Steve Lenick or just lying about it. Here's what I meant by that. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I don't know. I don't know anything about him other than uh, the State Department and Mike in particular. I guess they weren't happy with the job he's doing or something. So because it's my right to do it, I said, sure, I'll do it. I've gotten rid of a lot of inspector generals. Every president has. I think every president has gotten rid of probably more than I have. Uh, president, isn't there at least an appearance of a conflict of interest if Secretary Pompeo is asking you to fire an inspector general? That I can't tell you. I don't, I don't think so. I think maybe he thinks he's being treated unfairly. Uh, again, he wanted to, he asked me if that would be possible. I said, I'll do that, sure. I think it should have been done a long time ago, frankly. And this is a man that uh, has had some controversy, this Inspector General. But uh, so again, I don't know anything. I haven't even read much about him. I see that it's a little bit of a story, not much of a story, because everybody agrees that I have the absolute right to fire the Inspector Generals. I think they should have done it a long time ago. So that was the president yesterday essentially saying, I don't know who this guy is. We do know, however, that if the president fired the inspector general in retaliation, according to Speaker Nancy Pelosi, that could be unlawful. The Los Angeles Times reports, quote, During the current administration, Linick has criticized the State Department's handling of personnel issues, accusing some of the president's appointees of retaliating against career officials, end quote. It was also astonishing when the president fired Michael Atkinson. We are, we found... The top U.S. federal watchdog vowed on Saturday to continue with aggressive independent oversight of government agencies. After President Donald Trump fired Michael Atkinson, the inspector general of the U.S. intelligence community late Friday night. 
Atkinson was involved in triggering an impeachment probe of the president last year after telling Congress that a whistleblower's report on Trump's dealings with Ukraine was credible. Trump on Friday said Atkinson no longer had his fullest confidence and said he would be removed from his position in 30 days. In a statement on Saturday, Department of Justice watchdog Michael Horowitz said that Atkinson was known for his, quote, integrity, professionalism and commitment to the rule of law and independent oversight. Atkinson had expressed concern that Trump potentially exposed himself to serious national security and counterintelligence risks when he pressed Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to investigate Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden and his son during a July 25th phone call. Atkinson's firing comes as U.S. inspectors general were recently tasked with broad surveillance of the government's response to the coronavirus and to provide the public information about where the taxpayer dollars and other resources go. Michael Atkinson, the inspector general of the intelligence community who told Congress about the whistleblower complaint that led to President Donald Trump's impeachment, defended himself in a letter Sunday. The letter comes after the president sent a letter to Congress saying he will fire Atkinson after a mandatory 30-day waiting period. I thought he did a terrible job, absolutely terrible. He took a whistleblower report, which turned out to be a fake report. It was fake. It was totally wrong. It was about my conversation with the president of Ukraine. He took a fake report and he brought it to Congress. Atkinson was the one who deemed the complaint about President Trump pressuring Ukraine to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son as urgent. The House launched an impeachment inquiry against the president and voted to impeach him. The GOP-led Senate acquitted him. The president said he was letting Atkinson go because he didn't have his fullest confidence. But in a letter, Atkinson said, it's hard not to think that the president's loss of confidence in me derives from having faithfully discharged my legal obligations as an independent and impartial inspector general and from my commitment to continue to do so. He also urged other government employees to bravely speak up. The president hasn't said who will take Atkinson's place. For Newsy, I'm Stephanie Sandoval. This is going to require people to courageously speak up on what they feel may be detrimental to the rule of law. We do have three branches of government and each branch checks each other. The inspector general is independent and their role is vital, but apparently that is not the message the president is receiving. Because veracity is vital in every administration, but President Trump does not tolerate voracious remarks. Let me say this. There's all too familiar a pattern in this administration. When you tell the president the truth, you get fired. This guy was a patriot. This guy stood for our, our intelligence agencies have done such a wonderful job. You know, they don't make movies about them, like about the military, because obviously most, most of it's secret. But they risk their lives like our soldiers do, like our men and women in uniform do. Uh, they do amazing things to protect this country. And by politicizing it, dismantling it, not wanting to hear the truth. That's since World War II, we have built up this fine, fine agency and the president is undermining it. When you speak truth to power in this country, Frederica, when you, when you speak truth to power, you should be a hero. But in this administration, when you speak truth to power, all too often you get fired. Ask the uh, captain of the aircraft carrier, Theodore Roosevelt, ask Colonel Vinsman, ask other people. That was Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schuber essentially saying that the president does not want to hear the truth.
the president's actions here are reprehensible because what is being put forward here for administration officials, and not only administration officials, but officials from other agencies and from other departments of the executive branch, this it is having to take courageous efforts and voracious remarks to get people to listen. And the president doesn't like that, so in retaliation, he fires them. And courage and veracity are essential to the rule of law. And if the president is violating that essence, then the rule of law is in danger. We are, we have now been put in a dangerous situation here as not only apocryphal information, but shutting down courageous efforts is taking place here. The president does not want people to speak up. The president only wants people to tell him things that he wants to hear. And that's what's going on here. But courage and veracity is important. And it needs to stay that way. It has to stay that way. And the inspector general is supposed to be independent. An independent office. But we have seen this before. He has fired inspector generals within two months. On April 3rd, the president fired Michael Atkinson. Thenceforth, he fired Glenn Fine, the acting defense department inspector general. Then on the first day of May, he fired Chris, Christy Grimm, the HHS principal who warned about a shortage of PPE. 14 days later, he fired Steve Lenick, the inspector general at the U.S. State Department. So that is part of this week's news. Meanwhile, we are still simultaneously grappling with the coronavirus pandemic. The United States has over 1.5 million coronavirus cases and over 91,000 deaths. And all 50 states are now along the road to reopening. Most states should not be reopening at all, especially when you look at the graphs. For instance, here in South Carolina, we have over 9,000 coronavirus cases and over three, excuse me, and 399 deaths. Cases here are still rising exponentially, which is all the more reason for us not to reopen. But who cares, right? The pandemic is not real. You know, it's it's almost being put into force or operation. It's almost being say. It's almost how do I put this in a way that would make sense? It's almost like some people are pushing this pandemic to the side. And pushing it behind them and saying like this pandemic is over. We are about to approach over 100,000 coronavirus deaths here in the United States. This pandemic is not over. People are still losing their lives and it is essential that we recognize that. And we should not be moving on. And the states that, the states that are reopening right now, hopefully their, their curve is flattening. Because if their curve is not flattening and it's, if it's going up, then that's going to be detrimental and that's going to cause more cases to rise exponentially. In North Dakota, they have over 1,994 confirmed coronavirus cases and 45 deaths. In Cass County, North Dakota, they have one death and 56 more coronavirus cases. Another thing that is transpiring in North Dakota is coronavirus testing at a Cass County jail. 
Valley's new live valleynewslive.com says quote the North Dakota National Guard will be at least will be at the Cass County Jail helping test inmates and correctional officers for COVID-19 end quote testing at that prison actually began yesterday which is a really good sign in terms of knowing who has it in Florida they have over 46,000 coronavirus cases and over 2,000 deaths also the childhood illness that was reportedly in New York is now in Florida as well. Now these cases appear to be linked to COVID-19. Additionally, we do have more reporting on Florida coming up on the show. When the president said on Monday, when, when the president said this on Monday, it was astonishing. We don't know if the president is actively participating in doing this, but however, it is lethal. And we should be concerned if he is. Now, if he doesn't believe in it, why would he sign it? And a lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. A lot of good things have come out. And you'd be surprised at how many people are taking it, especially the frontline workers, before you catch it. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine? I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right, I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years for malaria, for lupus, for other things. I take it. Frontline workers take it. A lot of doctors take it. Excuse me. That was President Trump essentially saying that he's been taking hydroxychloroquine and that you should too, because it's perfectly fine. The New York Times writes, quote, the FDA's warning, the FDA warnings about hydroxychloroquine and the related drug chloroquine follow studies of the drug that have so far largely proved disappointing. While not definitive, large studies have showed no benefit for COVID-19, though some indicated an elevated risk of serious adverse effects like cardiac arrest, end quote. Speaker Nancy Pelosi has raised some concerns about the president's use of this drug. In fact, she did a public interview on CNN. Here's more from the Reflect YouTube channel. As far as the president is concerned, um, the, uh, our, he's our president, and I would rather he not be taking something that has not been approved uh, by the scientist, especially in his age group and in his, shall we say, weight group, what is morbidly obese, they say. So I, I, uh, I, I think it was, it's not a good idea. So the president should not be taking this drug because, as Speaker Pelosi said, quote, it's not a good idea, end quote. In essence, the president has fired four inspector generals within the span of two months. The pandemic is exacerbating and we remain the epicenter. All states are preparing to reopen by setting guidelines when some states should not be, being that this virus is still prevalent and lethal. Also, cases will rise exponentially if states reopen too soon. So ultimately, reopening should not be a considerable option for some states. The president has asserted he's taking a drug that has not yet been confirmed by the FDA. And finally, Speaker Nancy Pelosi has shown some concern about the president's use of this drug. That all happened this week, and there's much more ahead to get to. Stay with us. Hey, Google. More than 100 billion words are translated every day. 
Lift your hands. Thank you very much for your help. Words about food. Words about friendship. About sport. About belief. About fear. Words that can hurt and sometimes divide. But every day, the most translated words in the world are "How are you?" Thank you. And I love you. As Florida starts to reopen businesses and other places, data indicates that there have been no significant drop in COVID-19 case numbers. ABC News reports, quote, on Monday, the health department said Florida had recovered 46,442 cases and 11,714 jump from the beginning of the month and over 2,000 deaths, an increase of 183, end quote. Beaches, salons, barbershops, businesses, and restaurants are reopening as the state of Florida now reports more than 46,000 coronavirus cases. Nevertheless, there are cases, there are new cases in the child illness that is linked to the coronavirus. Here's more from CBS Miami News. South Florida now has four confirmed cases of a rare disease affecting children and linked to COVID-19. The newest cases involve children now being treated at Nicholas Children's Hospital. We spoke with a pediatrician there about what parents should know. This inflammatory uh, syndrome that we're seeing in children after a COVID-19 infection. The formal title of it is multi-system inflammatory syndrome. Multi-system inflammatory syndrome is thought to begin weeks after a child is exposed to COVID-19. It's a reaction to having had the virus. Many children tested positive for coronavirus after the syndrome was detected. The children uh, typically have a course where they had the infection of a COVID-19 infection about three to four weeks prior. The problem is, says Dr. Marcos Mestre with Nicholas Children's Hospital, is that so many infected with COVID-19 are asymptomatic. This syndrome does have symptoms, including red eyes, enlarged nymph loads, rashes, swellings of your hands and feet, similar to Kawasaki's disease. Newer discovered symptoms, however, show the difference. One of the newer symptoms that we're seeing uh, as it relates to this is abdominal pain, vomiting, and diarrhea. Nicholas Children's has confirmed two kids in their care have contracted the mysterious illness. There are also two cases at Holtz Children's Hospital. Previous cases elsewhere have been helpful in learning more. Well, we've uh, benefited from kind of being um, on the the side of the infection after other folks have had it across the, the globe. Um, we've seen the reports from Italy, uh, the United Kingdom, and now New York and the United States, where they we've been able to be been guided by them in terms of their experience with the illness. And Dr. Mestre adds that he doesn't want parents to panic as the syndrome is very rare, but they should be aware of the symptoms and make sure to go to the hospital if they do notice any symptoms and to be in close contact with their child's pediatrician. I have one more story about the state of Florida, and it is worth waiting for. And that story is up next. Hi, Grandma. Hi. 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 H
At a time when we're asked to sacrifice, we step up to do our part. On the home front, on the front lines, to lend a helping hand and hold each other up. We are resilient, vigilant, and we'll get through this because we're better together, even if we're a little farther apart. Rebecca Jones was a Florida scientist until she was fired by the Ron DeSantis administration. She was fired for refusing to, quote, manipulate, end quote, COVID-19 data. She said, quote, I worked on it alone, 16 hours a day for two months, much of which I was never paid for. And now that this happened, I'll probably never get paid for, end quote. USA Today reports, quote, Jones warned that with her removal, changes were likely coming to the accessibility and transparency of the dashboard data, end quote. Biologist and public health communicator at Columbia University, Luke Tran, said on Twitter, when politicians censor scientists and manipulate the numbers, the rest of us suffer. Furthermore, Tampa Bay Congressman Kathy Castor wrote, quote, Floridans will not feel safe in and opening up without transparency. End quote. Now we do know whether if she now we do we don't know whether if she was fired in retaliation for not manipulating the data or another rationale. But we do know this. Helen Faree, a DeSantez spokesperson, spokeswoman, said, quote, Jones's blatant disrespect to professionals who were working to provide updates on the pandemic was harmful to the team. End quote. So this essentially labeled her as an insubordinate. She was fired for reporting the truth and they didn't like that. So they fired her. Rebecca Jones writes, quote, it shows an administration willing to hide the truth to further its own agenda. With this news regarding the administration's manipulation of data, why would anyone trust the information coming out of Florida? We are going to keep an eye on the story as it continues to progress. The quote of the day is next. I know that segment has sort of vanished off of the Jeremiah Patterson show, but I have brought it back. Vernon Howard once said, quote, anger or bitterness toward those who have hurt you will block your path to higher ground. You can have anger toward people or you can have freedom from people but you can't have both, end quote. Once again, that was from Vernon Howard. Over 297,000 people have recovered from COVID-19. And that is amazing news. We are in a time of crisis, loss, heartbreak, and desperation. But we have been here before. And we can learn from them and what to do now. We will get through this. But we have to coalesce and take the right health measures that are put in place to protect us all. Whether you are a Democrat, Republican, liberal, independent, or conservative. This virus does not go for political parties or those affiliated with them, but it goes for all. 
We have lost many, including Democrats, Republicans, musicians, teachers, actors, principals, and so many more. But at the end of the day, we are all human. If this pandemic has taught me personally anything, it is to love, pray, and cherish my family. We will persevere and come out stronger. This all will end someday, and joy will come again in the morning. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Share this episode with a family member or a friend. You can listen again on Saturday. With that said, stay safe, stay home, and stay hopeful.